Welcome to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small, your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Brought to you by LakeLink, your online fishing resource at lake-link.com. Outdoors Radio is also brought to you by the Wisconsin Hunter Education Program with Wisconsin DNR, dnr.wi.gov. And by the Open Season Sportsman's Expo, March 26th through the 28th at Kalahari Resort in Wisconsin Dells. Open Season Sportsman's Expo.com. I'm Dan Small. Jeff Kelm joins me shortly, and today Brian Smith talks about spring fishing opportunities at Riverbend Resort on Lake of the Woods. Tick Terminator Brian Anderson offers some tips for avoiding tick bites, and Cajun chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois shares some wild game cooking tips. Straight ahead on Outdoors Radio. It's time now for the Madison Outdoors Report. You hear this special feature each and every week at this time on WTSO, the Big 1070. It's also streamed on demand on LakeLink and on our podcast, wherever you get podcasts, uh, for example, iHeartRadio. And joining us once again is pro angler Duffy Cup. Well, Duffy, um, I know you got a lot of things on your mind right now, but there are still some people ice fishing out there, I think, aren't there? There are. I mean, the, the game fish season's over with, but uh, right. there's still guys that would like to get some perch or some crappies or some bluegills. And uh, they're certainly available to them out there. But again, you know, the, the even more caution now because a couple of days ago, man, we really had some warm temperatures. And I took a walk down by Six Mile Creek here in Wanakee and walked to Rip Park down there. And uh, the water is just gushing in places I've never seen it gush before. Oh, so wow. uh, if, if there's areas where you have an incoming water, that is not the place to go. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, do, you, do you ever see any uh, spawning fish come up six mile? Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, you, you get, uh, of course, you get your, your carp and your suckers come up, but sure. there, there's even pike that come up uh, in, into that, uh, depending upon how much vegetation mm-hmm. survived the winter. But mm-hmm. I have seen, in fact... Uh, I have gone with some guys, uh, oh, well, this was probably five, six years ago now, and go out there, and, and we actually uh, took a, a small spinning rod along with some corn, and out there, and we had a blast. I mean, we hit them just right. The, the timing is extremely important in a situation like that. You can't just pick one day. You're going to have to go out and check that screen every couple of days to find out what's going on, because depending upon the weather, that that run of fish that makes that so much fun can be over with in three days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's true with any spawning run. They don't uh, they don't spend a lot of time hanging around the bars. They get it done and get out of there. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So, uh, what are you hearing as far as ice fishing goes? Is is it still? Well, uh, you know, towards the end of the end of the year, the uh, things get a little bit tough. Uh, I saw one guy's uh, Aquaview footage where he uh, had his jigs in the water and the, the, the bluegills were just coming up and they'd bump it with their nose and make a quick turn and hit it with their tail. Hmm. Uh, and that's all they were doing. But and, and the good thing about some fresh water coming into the system, sometimes that will invigorate them. Yeah. Uh, so you might have might not have to work quite as hard as you as you normally would this time of year. Uh, so if you can find some good ice and uh, it's it's in a place, you know, if there are green weeds under you, there should be some fish in there, especially this time of year, because uh-huh. those green weeds are still producing a little bit of oxygen. Uh, uh, and, and it's it's a little bit more of a crapshoot this time of year because things are just ready to change and uh some the, the fish aren't going to be chasing a whole lot you almost have to put it on their head yeah yeah you know, they get them but uh and the other uh guy i know that does uh aqua view i saw him and instead of putting the aqua view which is a wonderful instrument by the way instead of putting it down so you're looking horizontally uh, at least this time of year he you can take that camera on your uh, Revolution 5 Pro and tip it so you're looking straight down on top of the weeds. And he had his jig right 
right into the top of the weeds, maybe an inch or two into the weeds. Okay. And he, all of a sudden, all these fish started coming up and taking a look at it. That was pretty cool. Interesting, interesting. So uh, the the ice has got to be out on the rivers pretty soon. Um, can you fish the Yahara um, uh, once it opens up? or? Uh, the river, I've never done that. I don't know if that's considered to be, I think that's still considered to be part of the lake, but I don't know how far up that goes. Ah, okay. I know that uh, uh, yesterday, yeah, uh, back a couple of days ago, when they had all that warm weather, there were guys up there, and you know, below the dam, up at Parade Sack, and there were 30, 35 boats on the on the water. I think they're still just catching the if they're getting into the walleye and the saga, the small meals. Yeah. But uh, that again can change very very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, so uh, we're kind of chomping at the bit, waiting for the ice to go out, and uh, but but we can fish rivers now. Yes. Yeah. I would say most rivers around here, anyway, if, are, are open, or you can find open areas. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Well, let's switch gears and talk about the musky uh, school, which is coming up very soon. Now, this show airs on the 13th, and your first session is the 20th of March. Yes, so things are starting to get a little bit uh, nuts. Uh, we're all getting a little bit, uh, little bit of anxiety uh, mounting up because we're doing it different than we've ever done it, but uh, everybody has worked hard. I don't know of anybody that would work any harder if that would help or if they did something else. Uh, we're into this Zoom thing and we're committed to it and we've practiced it and uh, and the whole shot. So it's kind of like throwing a hand grenade. You know, you can pull a pin and you can throw it and hope you hit something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, why don't you run through the classes on the 20th? Okay, on the 20th, it starts out at, at 9 o'clock in the morning and that's Central Daylight Time. Uh, and that's Noel Homfeld. He's very much respected and very popular. And the title of his class is Why You Aren't Catching More Muskies. <laughs> yeah. And then there's going to be questions at the end. People will type in questions during the video, and then he will try to answer as many of those questions as he can at the end. That is followed at 10.50 by my class, Muskie Fishing Basics. Uh, for people that are thinking about getting into it or just barely into it or maybe need a refresher, that's the one to take. Uh -huh. And then that one a little later that day at 1.10 in the afternoon is uh, Planer Board Trolling for Muskies with Kevin Pischke. Kevin is a guide up on uh, Green Bay, very, mm -hmm. very professional one. I fish with him, and he's very, very professional. So yeah. you've got a pretty nice lineup that first day. Good. And the 27th, you got three more. The 27th, starting at 9 o'clock in the morning, we've got Sunset Country Muskies. That's up in Ontario with uh, worldwide famous uh, Jeremy Smith. Jeremy's really a good guy. I mean, he's a very recognizable name from the industry and, and through TV and everything with Linda Media, but he really does a nice job of going through and taking a large a number of waters and breaking them down into uh, the ability to make decisions to help you be successful. Followed at 10.50 with Steve Worrell uh, from uh, Muskie First. And he's using the Internet to help you catch more muskies. And at 1.10 that afternoon is uh, world-famous Steve Herbeck and the Rubber Revolution Past, Present, Future Tactics and Presentations. Uh, I helped film that one. That That is uh, remarkable, the amount of knowledge and experience he has. Yeah, yeah. No, he's uh, he's uh, he's an encyclopedia of muskie experience, for sure. That's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. He blew me away. Yeah. And, and then on April 3rd, yeah. starting at 9 o'clock, we've got Sucker Fishing A to Z, Rigging in Techniques with Jerry Jorgensen. Very interesting, the technique he uses, using suckers to catch muskies. At 10.50 that morning... We've got Matt DeVoe, uh, DeVos, excuse me, Matt DeVos, and he is breaking down Lake of the Woods for you, and he kind of does what uh, Jeremy Smith does and really breaks it down into very usable ways to make decisions to help you catch fish. Uh -huh. uh, and at 1.10 that afternoon, 
the wild and wonderful dance small and monkeys on the fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, I'm looking forward to that. Now, you have teaser videos for most of these presentations, don't you? Right. Uh, for, for anybody that really wants to get a flavor for everything that we're going to offer in all those classes, uh, there's two ways you can go. You can go to my Facebook page. My last name is spelled K-O-P-F. And they are all on there, and they're pretty much uh, concentrated. So you can go to 1, to 2, to 3, to 4, to 5, to 6, to 7, to 8, to 9, and you can find out a lot of information on the Muskie School. Or you can go to the Capital City Muskie School uh, Facebook page, and all of them are posted there, too. You have to search a little bit more, but they're, they're all there. So there shouldn't be any lack of information for anybody. And that's where you, you register for, for any one of those. If you want to register, you go to capitalcitymuskiesinc.org, uh -huh. and the lineup is there, and you can register right on that webpage. Okay. Well, Duffy, we're going to let you go and uh, let you put the finishing touches on all those seminars. And uh, I'm looking forward to it, and I hope a lot of our listeners decide to uh, take advantage of this opportunity to learn about muskies and specific techniques from some people who know what they're doing. So thanks so much. All right, Dan. Thank you. You bet. Duffy Cup with the Madison Outdoors Report. And once again, CapitalCityMuskiesInc.org is the place to go to sign up for the Muskie School. I'm Dan Small. More Outdoors Radio right after this. Well, joining me again from Wisconsin Rapids is Jeff Kelm. Well, Jeff, I understand you got some new chicks for spring. Yeah, we uh, we got 12 new layers uh, that we picked up. We've lost a couple, which is, is normal. Mm -hmm. uh, chickens uh, aren't exactly made perfect all the time. So, um, and uh, yeah, there's our layers. We'll get meat birds. I've had a lot of people ask me about meat birds when I got these. I'll get those in May. So yeah. I got to have these in the brooder eight to ten weeks, and then I can then I can uh, get them back outside with the other birds and. Pick up some meat birds in May. Yeah, good thinking. All right. Well, uh, the Open Season Sportsman's Expo is still on in the Dells, the 26th through the 28th. And actually, we've got a giveaway this week, four pairs of tickets to that expo. And to enter, folks can call 414-297-7554 or email me at dsoradio at gmail.com. Leave your name and number and make sure you mention the expo ticket giveaway. Uh, leftover spring turkey permits go on sale starting Monday with Zone 1 at 10 a.m. And the application period for an elk permit is now open. you got till the end of May for that. So I think I'm going to apply again. How about you? Yeah, I'll probably apply for an elk permit. Uh, elk is mighty tasty. It's oh, yeah. hard to turn it down. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, coming up, Brian Smith invites listeners to come up to Riverbend Resort on Lake of the Woods for some spring pike, walleye, and sturgeon fishing. Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois shares some tips for better wild game meals. He's going to do a seminar on that at the Open Season Expo. And our old friend Tick Terminator Brian Anderson offers advice for keeping ticks off and avoiding the diseases they carry now that it's uh, spring and they're going to be out and about. All that and more straight ahead on Outdoors Radio. Attention future hunters, hunting season for turkey, small game, and deer is right around the corner. Don't wait to think about hunter education. The time to enroll is now. The Wisconsin DNR offers several options to choose from, making it easier than ever to enroll. Just browse for upcoming youth or adult hunter education classes at gowild.wi.gov and join the ranks of today's hunter education graduates who are ensuring the safe future of our hunting heritage. Classes fill up quickly, so don't wait. Enroll today. A message from Wisconsin DNR. Flow has been making world-class aluminum trailers for 38 years, and the all-new Versamax UT is a giant leap forward in utility trailer technology. Whether you're working on projects or planning a trip, a Flow UT trailer will serve you like no other. And Flow technology eliminates the rattling and banging you get when towing most utility trailers. Whether you're buying for the first time or looking to make an upgrade, see for yourself what sets us apart at floeintl.com. The Versamax UT, another game changer from Flow. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. 
Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. The Open Season Sportsman's Expo will be held March 26th through the 28th at Kalahari Resort in Wisconsin Dells. It's coming up pretty soon. And you can learn more at OpenSeasonSportsmansExpo.com. And joining us now is one of the featured speakers at the expo, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois. Now, his career in the kitchen... Uh, If he sounds French or Cajun, uh, you got that part right, anyway. His career began a long time ago, boiling crawfish, crabs, and shrimp at a local seafood shack in his hometown of Thibodeau, Louisiana. And for the past 15 years, he served as a chef in a number of different restaurants, from San Francisco to St. Thomas and New York City. And he works in a variety of uh, food media forms in New York, and around America, and his love for cooking, food for other people, is only surpassed by his passion to be an example and to teach folks how they too can cook for themselves and bring their family and friends around the dinner table. Uh, Jean-Paul, boy, you sound like a man after my own heart. Thanks for joining us. Dan, so good to be here, man. What an introduction. That was like pitch perfect. I'm gonna, I'm gonna write that down. Make sure I use that when I start, uh, when everybody asks me like what I do and where I came from. That was perfect. Thank yeah. you for that introduction. Well, you bet. Now, um, I, at full disclosure, I lived in Houston for three years and did get across the border a few times. Got into a Cajun food to a certain extent. I'm not real big on spices, but jambalaya has got to be one of the all-time favorite uh, dishes, and uh, uh, I'm sure you've made a lot of that in your career. Yes, sir. Yeah, you've, you're you're speaking my language now again. Uh, jambalaya, one of my favorite Cajun dishes uh, to to ever grace a southern table. Um, it, you know, which one of those things like uh, rice dishes in general are not easy despite like rice being such a uh, approachable food and eaten by millions and millions of people around the world uh it's it takes a skill to make rice dishes and that especially of jambalaya uh i've made it a number of times most of the times i've made jambalaya have been really really bad Mm. uh and it's taken me a while to make a great jambalaya which i feel like i can do now but for those who like making jambalaya look if you're if you're if you're not succeeding in the first or second tries, trust me, even professionals like myself have made them many times that were too mushy or the rice wasn't done enough or it wasn't seasoned enough. And it, it's one of those dishes that really takes time. Yeah, yeah, I, I'll bet it does. Um, now, here in the Northland, we have a product called wild rice, which is not truly a rice. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a grass, basically, that grows in the water. And the Native Americans uh, basically used it as a staple. Have you cooked with wild rice? I have. I have, actually. My dad used to make a duck dish. Mm. Um, he used to, um, let's see, how would he do this? Well, he, he often cooked wild, so he would make a duck fricassee with, uh, which is a French term, and we, we use it in, in Cajun cooking as well, which just means like a mix of stew. Mm-hmm. He would make a duck fricassee with wild mushrooms, and um and pecans and dates and then also like and he would make that as like cook that in a gravy where that duck got really tender and he we would eat that over wild rice in the fall and winter months uh during duck season it was one of the dishes that he really loved making um he so i kind of grew up with eating wild rice i don't know where he found that from because as you know (laughs) cajun country is full of just long grain white rice it's the second i believe you know, one of, I wouldn't, I'm not going to say the second or third, but one of the biggest cash crops of Louisiana, of course, uh, behind sugarcane, which is the largest. So I am familiar somewhat, but I'm sure I'm not the expert or professional at cooking it or eating it like yourself and those, and those folks in Wisconsin. 
Well, it's um, it, it's almost a staple up here um, uh, for 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 those of us who enjoy um, uh, a real wild rice, and not a pilaf that's uh, like five grains of wild rice and then a whole bunch of brown rice thrown in there. Um, you know, we we uh, we spring for it and we we buy the real deal and uh, and we cook it right. It takes it cooks longer than than uh, regular rice. Um, you gotta fluff it up and but anyway. Well, I'll tell you what, when I come up for the expo, I'm counting on you and all your listeners to direct me to some place that I can get a good wild rice dish or have, or have that, a really, a really true representation of, of that dish. Cause I'm really excited about that now. And I have a lot of free time in between my seminars and in between my cooking demo, demos. Well, I wonder if maybe at the Kalahari, they have, uh, you know, first class kitchen and restaurant. Uh, they might just have it right there. Well, I hope so. Maybe maybe that'll be a good place I can grab dinner for a night or two. Then. Yeah. So what are you going to be doing at the expo? So I'm going to be cooking um, some pheasant. I was thinking about upland birds uh, a good bit over the, over the next two um, expos. The first one that I'm going to is in Kansas and then Wisconsin. And um, I'll be doing quail in Kansas. And it looks like I'm going to cook a pheasant dish. Now, I'm not quite exactly sure uh, what I'm going to do with my pheasant. I have... Um, you know, you're, you're at a little bit of limitations with cooking with open flames and other different equipment with inside that expo center. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, that all has to be taken in consideration. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I think I'm going to, I've, I've pretty much set her on pheasant, but I'm probably going to do some sort of an interpretation of, um, of maybe like a, a Parmesan or maybe, uh, like a, like a pheasant style Parmesan, or maybe I'll use, the legs to make uh, some type of like pulled leg meat from that pheasant or something of that because I'm really big in using that whole um, that whole bird whether that's duck or geese or pheasants or quail um, and you know or especially turkeys now that we're in turkey season we're, we're talking a lot about cooking those legs and turkeys so yep. and um, you know what you don't what you don't cook um, even the even the bones and the necks and the feet wings and so on can be make great stock so i'm really trying to give it a a full very thoughtful um consideration when i talk about that pheasant it's not just cooking the breast meat or cooking the leg meat or just cooking but really using that whole animal that whole bird and what i can do with that yeah well i'm glad you're a whole bird guy i kind of thought you would be i i uh hunt at a lot of uh game farms you know and oftentimes the guests uh, all they want to bring home is the boneless, skinless breast, because that's all their wife knows. If it looks yeah. like boneless, skinless chicken breast, they know what to do with it, you know. And yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I've actually reached into uh, garbage cans before when in the game room and uh, pulled out the legs. Of, you know, you guys are wasting half the bird. And they laugh at me, but, man, I, you know, I'm with you. Yeah, I mean, I hear you. I mean, there's a lot to go around on those. You just, you know, like anything, you just not got to know how to cook them and know how to, because there, you know, there is some truth in that. Oh, there's not a lot of meat on the legs. Okay. Maybe that's some truth to that. Um, but if you cook them in a broth and then you pull that leg meat off and then, then you can use that broth for whatever you want, but that leg meat can now go into things like enchiladas, tacos, breakfast hashes, mm -hmm. things like that, to where you can you can stretch them out with things like rice, like making a jambalaya, sure. or with things like a gumbo, or or you smoke the legs whole and pull that, and you can use that smoked meat for things like beans or more grain dishes and so on. So um, I really think it's just a matter of taking that one extra step getting the legs and that one extra cooking step of pulling that meat off the bone and using that meat as a almost like a, a secondary ingredient to a rice, a grain, a bean, a vegetable, and then stretching that leg meat out throughout that dish. Uh -huh. You know, that's how, that's how I'm thinking about things like even goose legs, duck legs, <laughs> pheasant yeah. legs. Um, you know, you, it's a little easier to do with things like venison where you can have large chunk meat, uh, like, like chunks of venison meat, but essentially you're doing the same thing with like venison chilies, you know, like you're using that, that meat that you can't just cook very easily yep. in mid rare or medium yep. on the grill and yep. you got to cook it for a long time and get it, get it soft and tender and then use that in different applications. So, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Speaking of bird legs, you know, my friends laugh at me, but I save dove legs. And, uh, Do you really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
You know, uh, yes. if, if you uh, pull the legs off of uh, limited doves, you've got a wonderful breakfast uh, side dish. Um, well, yeah, in Louisiana, we would make dove gumbos all the time. And uh-huh. we, it wouldn't just be the breast. You, you'd pluck the whole thing and you cook. Basically, you just take some shearing knives and, you know, break that, you know, cut it in half from the breastplate to the to the backbone. Sure. And you would cook those doves as, as half birds in a gumbo or in a stew and you would eat that over rice. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. So uh, before we let you go, what do you think uh, is the most common mistake people make when they're cooking wild game? So um, I, my in Louisiana, I grew up cooking wild game, a lot of wild game, till it was tender and falling apart and off the bone. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there is a beauty in that type of cooking. It's very rustic. It's very camp style. Again, it's used to where you can cook that meat for long periods of time and really stretch that out for your family because we cooked for our families. You know, my mom and dad, we cooked for, you know, a group of kids or our family that, so we, whatever meat we had, we stretched out through a meal. But however, you know, later in life, I started cooking duck, duck breast or, um, you know, even venison backstrap and loins to medium, mid rare type of thing. And what I've learned is that most wild game, you even cook to um, even pheasant. You wouldn't cook it mid rare medium, but you want to really, be, really make sure you're not overcooking that breast where yep. it's still succulent and tender. Yep. But the biggest mistake is you even cook for the most part wild game to medium rare medium, or you cook it till it's falling off the bone and tender. Anything in between that is tough and gamey, mm-hmm. and that, I think that's the biggest mistake is that you even overcook it to the point you're past medium rare, but don't cook it enough to where you're tender and falling apart. Got it. So I would say that's that's my biggest piece of advice. It's either end of the spectrum. Anything in the middle, you're going to come out with something tough, gamey, and something that's probably going to turn off first-time game eaters to eating game again. Yeah, cool. All right. Well, Jean-Paul, we're going to let you go here um, and uh, look forward to meeting you in person at the Kalahari. And I'm sure folks uh, are going to stop by your seminars and uh, pick up a lot of tips on cooking wild game. Wonderful. Hey, thank you so much. I look forward to seeing you. All right. Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois will be at the Kalahari Resort in Wisconsin Dells for the Open Season Sportsman's Expo coming up March 26th through the 28th. You can learn more online at OpenSeasonSportsmansExpo.com. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. If you're ever in a car or motorcycle accident and need help, call Hupe and Abraham, named Best Personal Injury Law Firm by the Wisconsin Law Journal, year after year. The firm of Hupe and Abraham has collected more than a billion dollars for its clients. Call the firm Voted Best and Rated Best, Hupe and Abraham, 800-800-5678, or visit hupe.com, and all 11 offices of Hupe and Abraham are open for business if you need their help. Well, joining us now is a good friend of mine, Brian Smith. He is the Director of Sales and Marketing for Riverbend Resorts on Lake of the Woods, and their website is riverbendresorts.com. Brian, good to talk to you. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thank you very much for having me today, Dan. I'm happy to be here with you. Well, we haven't talked in a while uh, on the radio, but... um, Let's talk about what's going up, uh, going on up there at Lake of the Woods. Uh, you still have ice, right? Yeah, we still do. Uh, we have been getting a lot of phone calls as of recently. People checking the ice conditions this time of the year, which is normal. Um, as of yesterday, we're still reporting 30 plus inches of, of ice out on the big lake. And, um, We've had some warm-ups, which has made it, a, you know, a little challenging to get across the island and some of the little bridge ports that we have that, that get us out there. But um, we're entering into the final stretch, and there's still plenty of good ice, and you can still get out there safely. Well, that's good. Um, you know, um, you know this probably better than I do. A lot of Wisconsin folks go up to Lake of the Woods, and uh, 
uh, sometimes I scratch my head. We have walleyes here too, you know. <laughs> but, but they they like to make that drive. What what is it about Lake of the Woods walleyes that uh, draws people from all over? It's a prolific fishery uh, that gives back to us every single year. And um, on your worst day of fishing out out on Lake of the Woods, you're going to catch fish. There are so many, and of course, when you look at the map and you see how vast Lake of the Woods uh, truly is, you have the tributaries you can get into, you have other islands you can get in behind on blow days, but the fish are there. Um, it is just an absolutely wonderful, uh, wonderful fishery. Um, scenery, and of course, you know, as outdoorsmen, we all do like to travel, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, even, even with our limited, um, you know, with the limited, uh, keep, you know, our, our bag limit, mm-hmm. uh, you know, cause Lake of the Woods is not one of those places that you go up to and come home with 40 fish. Yeah. I mean, that's just not, that's just not what you do. And it's designed, it's designed that way so that it's still there year after year, season after season. And, uh, and I truly believe that's what brings people back up. On top of the, on, on top of the fact that all of those resorts and all the resorts, all the resort owners and everything, very personable people. Mm-hmm. Um, any of the lodges you go to, uh, if you're in there, uh, you know, having a glass of suds or eating your, uh, you know, lunch or dinner or breakfast or whatever, you always are, are conversing with the, with the owners and, um, you know, and it's, it's just a fun atmosphere because of that. Uh-huh. You know, uh, they make you feel right at home. Yeah. Well, uh, how has business been and how have you been coping with the COVID restrictions? Very interesting, uh, question. We get asked that quite a bit. The, because COVID closed the Canadian border, uh, we have actually picked up a lot of new, um, clients that, uh, normally would be traversing right past us to go catch the very same fish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta remember that. The fish, the fish can't read the, uh, you know, the boundary line there. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, uh, but we're doing really well. Um, to be completely honest about the only thing that it really hurt us, uh, COVID really hurt us on was obviously being able to serve you in, inside the, the bar and the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, we still were able to take people out last year and continuing into this year. And of course, um, to be to be completely um, honest with you, what we found was because of some of the restrictions of the distancing and only allowing parties, uh, you know, not being able to mix parties, I should say, um, you know, because of the mandates, we found that our clients were a lot happier that they were going out on the boats and it was just their party, uh-huh. uh, their their trip. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's, it's actually. Uh, was the silver lining that that we didn't you know all the uh, the uncertainties of, of that pandemic that had us all scared to death of what it was going to do um actually a lot of great things have come out of it yeah. um yeah. you know on that level and let's face it i mean when you and i go fishing uh yeah it's nice to meet other people and everything but it doesn't necessarily mean you want to go sit in a boat with them all day <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly well the uh, ice fishing's winding down now what's next up there well, we are entering into what uh, we affectionately call the trophy season because we know, um, I mean, obviously a lot of the experienced anglers that are listening to the program uh, today uh, understand that when that ice comes off the tributary of the Rainy River, um, those those big fish, uh, the big walleye and the sturgeon and the, um, and the northern pike, they're going to be coming in from that lake making their spawn run. Um, up into that still icy cold water, but, uh, but it's open. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're going to, uh, enter into, a, again, what we call the, the trophy season. So, um, we're very excited about that because we have a four, we, we actually have a forecast that this year is actually going to be better than most through the entire stretch mm. of that season, which we call that, we call it, you know, it's, it's a period of time between when, um, like right now uh, on the Rainy River, it's catch and release only for walleye and sauger uh, from now until April 14th. And then April 14th is when it, the the catch and keep season ends out on, on the big water, out on the lake, mm-hmm. uh, Lake of the Woods. Um, so we have we have 
massive stretch of, of time that as the experienced anglers know that as the wa- as the ice begins to melt out of the tributaries that are feeding then into the rainy river, that water becomes muddy and it's not it's so good fishing. So if you don't catch it right away or the minute the ice is off for the first couple of weeks and that, uh, you know, you're hit and miss. Well, because of our, our water levels being uh, lower um, over, you know, through the fall and then, uh, of course, you know, during right now, um, our forecast is we're not going to have such muddy water. So we are going to have uh, that great uh, season, this early iced out season is going to be great throughout the entire period before the season opener around the 15th mm-hmm. of May. So, uh, yeah, so we, we, we are looking forward to that. So, um, throwing out so, some of the, the terminology there, you can get your boat wet here, uh, coming up shortly. <laughs> yeah, good, good. Well, uh, talk about sturgeon. Uh, you have a unique fishery there, uh, that doesn't exist in many places in North America. Talk about the sturgeon fishing. No, it doesn't. And it's largely overlooked. Um, now I say that. But then, uh, you know, during the keep season um, uh, period of time for the sturgeon, you know, there's an awful lot of diehard sturgeon fishermen. And uh, right out in front of our lodge uh, there at Riverbend, we have one of the we have the deepest hole, the entire Rainy River. Mm -hmm. It's right in front of our docks. It's uh, 42 foot foot there. And the sturgeon lay in there and actually lay in there most most of all year Mm -hmm. Uh, at any given time. You can come there and you can catch uh, a sturgeon there, but it it is a phenomenal sturgeon fishery. And if you've never done it before, um, it, it's it's a lot of fun. It'll probably be the biggest fish you've ever caught in your life, uh, barring going for uh, some big tuna or sailfish, uh, <laughs> yeah. you, know, you know, on the ocean somewhere. Yeah. But for inland waters, it it's uh, it is really a lot of fun to do. Um, as a side story to that, we had a young man up during the, um, regular time of the year, the, you know, the heat of the summer, um, last, last summer and brand new to the area, brand new to fishing Lake of the Woods. And I believe he was from Wisconsin as well, mm-hmm. uh, but, but brand new to the area and was doing everything he could do to catch the walleye and the walleye bite just was, wasn't on. And he says, man, he says, if, I just would like to catch a fish. Uh, and I said, you know, have you ever, have you ever thought about catching a sturgeon? And he looked at me and he goes, you have sturgeon here? And I said, right out in front of those docks. I said, when you pull your boat out, um, and you're marking all of that structure and all those logs and all that stuff that you're seeing on your graph, he goes, yeah. I go, those aren't logs. Those are sturgeon. <laughs> And he's like, are you kidding me? And I said, I am not kidding you. And he said, why do you catch them? And I said, kind of like catfishing. You put a big wad of night crawlers on a, on a hook and you drop it down with a heavy weight to keep it, keep it down on the bottom. And, and, and that's how you fish them. It was probably maybe three hours later, he came back in with pictures of his wife and himself both caught a 50 plus inch sturgeon. Wow. And, this he you talk about a little kid uh, that just opened up a you know Christmas present on Christmas morning. He yeah. was I've never caught a fish so big. This is the best time I had in my life. I'm coming definitely coming back and you know I'll fish the walleyes, but I'm definitely coming back for the sturgeon. This that was so much fun. Nice. So nice. yeah, you know it is it, it, it is a lot. Of fun. Well, before we let you go here, uh, any final words to encourage Wisconsinites to make the trek? Yeah, uh, I'll tell you what. Um, look us up online. As you said, you gave gave a shout out to us there on the uh, riverbendresort.com website. We're going to be running uh, cabin specials, uh, discounted rates on our cabins uh, from March 15th through uh, May 13th, just mm. before the season opener. So if you ever wanted to come and try it and you wanted to save a little bit of money, come on up get one of our cabins we've got the lodge and the uh the lodge which is a, our bar and restaurant right there um so we can service you that way you can bring your boat up and uh, go out and and just have a hoot catching some of these uh, bigger fish and i must say that uh coming up over the next few weeks too um the northern pike will be the first thing the first fish coming back up into that river and if there's still uh fishable ice on the river especially in four mile bay that might be a target for you to catch some trophy northerns as well. They're the first ones in uh, to spawn. So um, 
might you might have a really good time with that. But definitely, definitely look us up and take advantage of our, our discounted uh, cabin rates. Come up and stay with us, and we can point you in the right direction. All right. Well, Brian, that's all uh, very exciting and, and great information. I hope some of our listeners take advantage of your uh, specials and come up there and visit you guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll be waiting for you. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> we'll talk again soon, I'm sure. All right. Great. Thank you, Dan. Thank you very much. You bet. Thank you. That was Brian Smith. He's Director of Sales and Marketing for Riverbend Resorts on Lake of the Woods. As we mentioned, their website is riverbendresorts.com. And if you're ever in a car or motorcycle accident and need help, call Hupe and Abraham, named Best Personal Injury Law Firm by the Wisconsin Law Journal year after year. The firm of Hupe and Abraham has collected more than a billion dollars for its clients. Call the firm Voted Best and Rated Best, Hupe and Abraham, 800-800-5678, or visit hupe.com. And all 11 offices of Hupe and Abraham are open for business if you need their help. Your, uh, yeah, if you need their help. I'm Dan Small, more Outdoors Radio, right after this. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. For the nonprofit Ruffed Grouse Society, the well-being of the Ruffed Grouse and American Woodcock is a special priority. But the Society's conservation work benefits more than just these two game birds. The organization's programs help a long list of other young forest wildlife, including songbirds that must have thick, brushy habitat to survive. For more information about forest wildlife habitat management, contact the Ruffed Grouse Society toll-free at 888 join rgs flow has been making world-class aluminum trailers for 38 years and the all-new versamax ut is a giant leap forward in utility trailer technology whether you're working on projects or planning a trip a flow ut trailer will serve you like no other and flow technology eliminates the rattling and banging you get when towing most utility trailers whether you're buying for the first time or looking to make an upgrade See for yourself what sets us apart at floeintl.com. The Versamax UT, another game changer from Flow. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Thanks for joining us on Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. It's starting to feel a lot like spring here in southwest Wisconsin and around the state as well. Snow's melting, turkeys are starting to gobble, and it'll soon be time to get outside for some springtime fun. But spring is also prime time for ticks. And here to tell us about ticks and what we can do to prevent them getting on us and uh, giving us all those nasty things like Lyme disease and other tick-borne illnesses is Brian Anderson. He's known as the Tick Terminator. In fact, his website, the easiest way to find it is type in TickTerminator.com. Brian, thanks a lot for joining us and welcome back. Yeah, thanks for having me. Let me, let me uh, say that on the, the website is TickTerminator.com. You know, I got a space between the and Tick Terminator in my script and there I go. So, all right. <laughs> One correction, we're off and running. <clears throat> So, um, you made it through the winter okay up there in the UP? Yep, we already had our COVID, we're fine now, and uh, off the spring here, it's a wonderful time of year, and uh, really looking forward to uh, uh, the springtime, snow melting up, just like you said, yeah. wonderful. Yeah, yeah, okay, and uh, you know, you, you guys are kind of in the heart of tick country, in fact, sometimes I think they were invented in the UP. Wisconsin sure has their share of it. Oh, yeah. When you look at when you look at tick maps and Lyme disease maps here in in the in the United States, like like I do, of course, I have it right here in my uh, my office. Uh, Wisconsin is one of the worst in the Midwest. Yeah. Uh, Wisconsin, yep. Minnesota. The heart of ticks and Lyme disease are East Coast for sure, New England, because Lyme disease, the 
they, it was given the name in Lyme, the city of Lyme, Connecticut, you right. know, back in the 70s. Right. So, uh. Yeah, but we've got our share of ticks for sure. Oh, and, uh, for sure. What's the, now I know you sell some products, but you also have some advice. What, what should we be doing this time of year to avoid getting ticks on us? Well, if you really want to avoid it, you never go out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, this is an outdoor show. Nobody wants to do that. I mean, that's the whole point of it is getting, it's, it's just being prepared. You know, it's kind of like going hunting without a gun. Yeah. Uh, uh, going outdoors without being prepared for ticks is, 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 is not very wise in my opinion anyways. And, uh, ticks and bugs, you know, stuff like that, uh, there, there's ways you can, uh, uh, keep them off you. Uh, two of the best things, I mean, uh, that I recommend to people is DEET for your skin and Permethrin for your clothes. Okay. Those are the two best things. The way DEET actually works is the kind of the aroma, the scent that it gives off, it kind of affects the, the antennas, if you want to call it, of these little, you know, like, like mosquitoes and black flies and things like that. And, and when they sense that, they think, hey, there's no blood there. Ah. Because the deep throws off that sense that that hey they don't need to come here anymore so then they so they don't land and bite you yeah uh, so they fly off because of that uh, permethrin is different permethrin is a wonderful thing you know invented in, in the early seventies uh, and uh, the way it works is is it's sprayed on the clothes you know sprayed on the pants and and, uh, and shirts and, and even shoes for sure because ticks get down low. And the way it works is it's called it's a contact repellent. Mm -hmm. What that means is is any insect that comes in contact, you know, like like a, uh, a mosquito if it happens to land on your on your pants, it's treated with it, or a black fly lands on your pants, or or a tick, it affects their nervous system, mm -hmm. and they don't like it because they can't smell it. So remember, turkey hunters love permethrin because it's odorless. Any kind of hunters love because it's odorless, yep. no scent at all yep. when it's dry. Yep, and turkey so, hunters, of course, are sitting right in the in the grass, on the ground. Oh, and, for sure. Yeah. I remember last summer watching a black fly land on my thigh <laughs> and out of my mom's house, just two miles from my house right here, because I kind of live in town here, up in Iron Mountain area. And uh, it started to kind of dance around on my, on my thigh, mm -hmm. like... Like I was wondering, what the heck did I just land on here? Hmm. You know, they call it the hot feet syndrome, you know, where it's kind of it's tiptoeing around like this is really crazy. It was affecting his nervous system. So he eventually flew off. And I think, great, I won because he didn't bite me, you know, so the permethrin worked. Huh. So interesting. Like, yeah. Now, like ticks, of course, are a little different. They're going to start crawling because you ever had a tick on your shoulder? It crawled up there. Yeah. They don't fall out of trees. They don't fly. They crawl. Yeah. So when a tick is crawling on a permethrin-treated garment, apparel, pants, whatever, uh, every step they take is driving their nervous system nuts. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I have watched them actually fall off of me. Oh yeah. Not everyone does. Yeah. You know. And they'll do that because they can't stand it any longer, and then a lot of times they will die because of that too. Yep. But they're on your pants, you know. They're crawling up there a little ways, and every step, you know, they're they make small steps, so everyone is driving them crazy. Huh. So uh, the permethrin will eventually do them in. Yeah. Uh, it'll make them a awful lot less effective. That is for sure. Yeah. So your chance of getting bit and getting any kind of Tick-borne disease, like you mentioned, Lyme. You know, there's babesiosis or reticulosis. I mean, uh, uh, anaplasmosis. You know, uh, in the south, there's some more thing that they call it alpha gale, which actually makes you allergic to red meat. Would that be terrible? I couldn't eat red meat anymore. No more venison. You know. Yeah. But yeah. anyways, uh, all those different diseases. You never know for sure what the tick is going to have in it. So you just want to keep rid of, you know, get rid of all of them on you. Yeah. have them a lot less effective so okay so how do we do that you've got a product uh called duration right yeah yeah it's it's uh people can buy it already pre-mixed but they can also buy it in a concentrate which is really a neat thing we're the only company that actually makes it nobody else has a product like this where the customer, the end user, can actually uh, decide how long do they want this to last. Uh -huh. They can mix a little bit in, in, in a plastic bottle, you know, a little 32-ounce bottle that comes with it, 
of this, mix the concentrate in there, and then pour the rest water, uh, shake it up, and it could last for three weeks, six weeks, nine weeks, 12 weeks, 24 weeks, you know? And that's going through the washing machine at the same time all those times. Yeah. You know, six weeks. So, which is really cool. It's not a daily application. Yeah. So it, just it, can de- last. It, it just depends on how, uh, what the concentration is that you put on, how long it'll last. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So okay. a hunter that's, you know, sitting in a turkey field, you know, for a month and a half, it could easily last that, you know? Mm-hmm. I spray all my deer hunting clothes. Sure. Uh, sure. because even at deer season, you know, uh, I know I don't bow hunt, but uh, rifle hunt, and that starts for us November 15th. Yep. And that's only two weeks, but hey, this past, past, I think we had a, a fairly mild win, uh, a deer season. Yep. And 32 degrees is kind of the temperature where ticks come and go. Uh huh. Okay. So, uh, we have a lot of deer seasons that they're, that are in the 30s. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Now you, you mentioned uh, COVID. Uh, is there any connection with COVID or not? Well, what I found is the people I talk to. I work with a lot of uh, businesses, companies, you know, like power companies, uh, people who cut trees on on right of ways. Sure. Uh, also working with uh, propane companies. You know, think of a propane driver. He's got to walk through the grass, you know, to to fill the the propane tank out at somebody's yard or their camp or their cottage or something like that. He's walking through tick stuff. Yeah. And I had an interesting conversation with the safety guy at a propane company in, in South Dakota here this past fall. And he said, you know, Brian, COVID really got me thinking, uh, like, uh, like it did all of us, but uh, he said it really got me thinking of, of wanting to, to help my guys be preventative uh, and, and, and uh, more. I want to get ahead of any possible tick and Lyme problems that, that my guys may face. So I'm going to start here this spring. You know, I'll be talking to them here any time now about, you know, treating their clothes with permethrin so that when they're out there, they'll have an awful lot less, you know, tick activity on them, you know, virtually almost nothing. Sure. Uh, but his thought was, because of COVID and, 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 you know, what that's, you know, how that's changed our thoughts, he said, I want to get ahead of this stuff and uh, help my guys, you know, uh, not have the possibility of, of getting an Ill- illness where I can actually help prevent it if yeah. I can. Yeah, okay. So I, I'm all about prevention. And you sell uh, duration on your website, right? Yes, yep. That's a duration 10%. It's the first page right there. comes with a plastic bottle. It's, it's, it's a great little product right there. Uh, yep. All right. Is there anything else we can do? Test 
for Lyme disease because it's too early on. It takes months for it to really get in somebody's system. Yeah. Uh, so it's all about early detection. A lot of time a physician will, will you know, you tell them all the different symptoms that you're having and they can, you know, maybe see that there was a bad reaction right there. A lot of times they may give uh, the patient uh, an antibiotic. Typically, I'm not a doctor here, okay? Typically, it's going to be doxycycline for a round of about yeah. a week or two, yeah. and that'll kill it in the beginning. Almost always, that is the best thing to do. Don't mm. ever let it, you know, just fester in your body because Lyme disease never, ever gets better. It only gets worse. Yeah, yeah. So seeing a physician soon, you know, when, when a problem arises after a bite, uh, don't put it off. Okay. Well, Brian, we got to let you go. I uh, hope you enjoy the wonderful spring weather. and uh, Oh, yeah. And I hope we uh, we can send some folks to your website there. His website is thetickterminator.com. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. You bet. Brian Anderson, known as the Tick Terminator. More information and uh, product sales on his website, thetickterminator.com. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. Attention future hunters, hunting season for turkey, small game, and deer is right around the corner. Don't wait to think about hunter education. The time to enroll is now. The Wisconsin DNR offers several options to choose from, making it easier than ever to enroll. Just browse for upcoming youth or adult hunter education classes at gowild.wi.gov and join the ranks of today's hunter education graduates who are ensuring the safe future of our hunting heritage. Classes fill up quickly, so don't wait. Enroll today. A message from Wisconsin DNR. For the nonprofit Ruffed Grouse Society, the well-being of the ruffed grouse and American woodcock is a special priority. But the Society's conservation work benefits more than just these two game birds. The organization's programs help a long list of other young forest wildlife, including songbirds that must have thick, brushy habitat to survive. For more information about forest wildlife habitat management, contact the Ruffed Grouse Society toll-free at 888 join rgs welcome back to outdoors radio with dan small outdoors radio is brought to you by the wisconsin hunter education program with the wisconsin dnr dnr dnr.wi.gov by the open season sportsman's expo march 26th through the 28th at Kalahari Resort, uh, Resort in Wisconsin Dells, OpenSeasonSportsmansExpo.com for that, and by Cedar Lake Sales on Highway 33 West in West Bend on the web at CedarLakeSales.com, and they are open for your business as spring is springing, and they are ready to serve you. Yep, that's right, and they've got a Vessel View mobile unit that's a wireless module that connects your engine to your smartphone. Now, check it out online. They've got 20 in stock and a special deal on it. Well, if, for your mercury, for your mercury. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, You're right. right. Yeah, merc. Yeah, they'll catch it if I invite uh, <laughs> them. Tracy's pretty good at that. Well, if you missed an episode of Outdoor Wisconsin, you can watch the show from the past several seasons at MilwaukeePBS.org or PBSWisconsin.org. And, of course, Deer Hunt Wisconsin is on the Deer Hunt Wisconsin YouTube channel. And we're all over uh, online as well. You can find our radio show at lake-link.com. Download it and uh, take it with you wherever you go. You can follow Dan and I on social media. Follow Dan at Dan Small Outdoors. Follow me at Hardwater Jeff. And don't forget our giveaway this week is four pairs of tickets to the Open Season Sportsman's Expo, March 26th through 28th in the Dells. To enter that drawing, call 414-297-7554 or email me at dsoradio at gmail.com. Leave your contact info and mention the Expo giveaway. And uh, don't forget the Capital City Muskies, Inc. Muskie University is online this year. It starts a week from, uh, well, it starts Saturday the 20th and uh, runs uh, the next three Saturdays. So check out org for details and to sign up. Well, our theme music is by Warren Nelson. You can hear more of his tunes at warrennelson.com. I'm Dan Small here with Jeff Kelm. Get outside and enjoy this uh, beginning of spring, finally. I'm, I'm waiting to hear my first turkey. And uh, join us again next week for Outdoors Radio.
You've been listening to Outdoors Radio, your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Find more Outdoors Radio online at dansmalloutdoors.com. Brought to you by Lake Link, your online fishing resource at lake-link.com. When the loon cries lover In the blue north wind I'll be trolling home to you When my wrist gets a little chilly On the gunnel When my lazy ike is just too lazy to lure When the worms go dry In the coffee can, honey I'll be true 